and welcome to Starkville. Baseball Hall of Famer Jason Stark. And then the robot said, strike. That's why you're going in the Hall of Fame. It's an inside the park home run. Doug Glanville. Mike tried his coffee at Starbucks with a double latte skinny Jason Stark <laughs> is against humanity. Take away the human elements of Starkville. Doug, are you ready to make some podcast magic? I am ready. Bring on the magic wand. Let's do it. <laughs> Greetings and welcome to Starkville. I'm Jason Stark. I read that baseball for The Athletic. As always, joined today by my good friend, writer, broadcaster, professor, distinguished former major leaguer, Doug Glanville. And Doug, this week on Starkville, we're going to celebrate the arrival of an actual baseball season by welcoming in a man who will call the very first game of the year on ESPN Radio on Thursday, our friend Boog Shambi. But just so we get this straight, uh, unlike so many of our previous guests, Doug confirmed that Boog did not actually manage you, either, right? <laughs> he did not. <laughs> other than me being in the outfield and him in the booth, I was about as close as it came. Yes. Yeah. So in a way, he did yeah, manage. And I, I only could speak but when I right. had space to speak. So, yeah, in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> you had a lot of space in that outfield. Uh, all right, now we're going to – here's a question we're going to ask Boog, too. But since opening day is coming up, I thought we should start with some fun opening day memories of ours. Yeah. Uh, hey, I've attended more than three dozen opening days, and you've played in and broadcast a bunch of opening yeah. days. So, uh, Doug, what's your very favorite opening day memory or your funniest opening day memory or both, for that matter? Man, yeah, there's been a lot, thankfully. Um, I, I kind of I have to go with the Montreal Expos opening day. I know that's strange, right? But... It was, um, you know, the Phillies, we, we were playing on the road and, you know, sometimes you have multiple opening days. I want to get into that trivia one day. And we were in, excuse me, we were in Montreal and, you know, I guess there was a decent crowd. They decided to do a Survivor, the show, replica for opening day. On opening yeah, so day. it literally had like tiki torches Grass cloth, skirts, you know, <laughs> dancers, coconuts. Opening day. I mean, on on the field. And, and so they would like, so they announced the lineup and they'd sort of escort you out there to the outfield. And then when you got there, they would snuff out your fire. You know, the, the what does it say? The tribe is spoken and they'd snuff you out. Yeah. And, and they had it on a big, you know, the scoreboard <laughs> in the back, which of course took up the entire outfield. And it was really creative. Like, all of us were looking around. This is pretty cool. I mean, they had the music, the drummer. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I got to give them a lot of credit. I, I never saw anything quite like that again. I mean, we've had, you know, fun parachutes coming in and flags and all that. But this was, they took a lot of time. And I, I enjoyed it. So that that's something that stayed with me. <laughs> Hey, how was Yupi dressed? You know, I, that's a that? good question. I don't know. I got to find some footage of that one because it had to be hilarious. Um, yeah, we had a blast. And so, I mean, I had my own personal moments. Yeah, I hit a home run against Ryan Dempster on opening day. And, and I remember Mark cool. Grace asking him if he still gets nervous when I was my first opening day. And he said, yeah, there's still like t pterodactyls and butterflies in my stomach. 
that helped me a lot actually as a career as a player to see the veteran still be nervous on opening day. So that was those were the personal side, but I, I got to give the Expos credit. <laughs> they, they they were it was funny. I don't know. Can you have fire on the field now? I I wonder if that would even happen today. But literally had fire coming out of these things. I, I can't say I've seen a lot of fire on the field, but uh, they were making up their own rules as they went along. I, and so, like normally, most teams wouldn't have to like gimmick it up on opening day because it's opening day. But by the this, what what year you think this was? Like two thousand yeah, something, something somewhere in there. Yeah, the franchise was they were struggling yeah. at that point. <laughs> so we're not just going to give you opening day. We're going to give you an episode of Survivor starring Yuppie. So very, very expos-ish. Uh, now I got, I've got so many uh, opening day memories. I, I remember covering opening day in Denver one year where it was beautiful, 70 degrees and sunny during batting practice, and it was snowing <laughs> by the third inning. That was a good one. Um, I remember going to the very first Marlins opening day in 1993, it would have been, right? Joe DiMaggio threw out the first pitch. Uh, Charlie Huff, the knuckleball king, started the very first game in Marlins history. Oh. <laughs> and afterward, I can remember Charlie Huff saying, I'm pretty sure Joe DiMaggio was throwing harder than <laughs> Right. <laughs> Joe was like 80 or something, right? But, uh, and then for, for some reason, uh, i got to actually have a little Mark Grace angle to this too. Uh, the opener I remember most was Cubs Marlins in 1997. Now, as you can tell, I went to a lot of opening days in Florida because uh, I was there. I was there. Training. And, and this was, yeah, this was not even for something that happened in the game. Uh, the Marlins mascot, the great Billy the Marlin, was supposed to parachute in with the first ball. He jumped out of a plane, except there was a slight calamity, Doug. Uh-oh. His head, his Marlin head, <laughs> blew off in midair oh my gosh. while he was floating toward the stadium. So Billy landed with the ball. But the head, uh, not so much, right? They didn't find the head for two oh months. <laughs> two months. So I went. I went. Sounds dangerous. Uh, Where did it track? fall off? I mean, it didn't hit anybody. Did air? Twenty. Oh my. Twenty thousand feet oh or whatever, goodness. right? But I. So I went and I tracked down Mark Grace because I knew I would need a quip about this. So I asked him about Billy losing his head, and he said, "Hey, suppose somebody finds it." He'd say, "Uh oh." Billy must have got drunk and left it here. <laughs> he said, but or what if it washes up on shore a hundred years from now? People will be saying, whoa, look at this nasty fish they had back then. <laughs> right. It's all plastic. Yes. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. But they did find oh. it two months later. Two oh, months. Man, was, okay. it, was it in Florida? Like, you know. Yeah. It, I don't oh. remember where they tracked it down, but some. Oh. Classic. You know, it was just like some some random stranger came upon the giant marlin head. Imagine the shock. Now, did they? So I assume that was the camera on him the whole time. Then the head blows off. Because I'm wondering if the you know the, the PR team is like, okay, we got to have a strategy when he lands to so the kids aren't freaked <laughs> out. So they must have like put his head over a towel or something. You know? No, I don't. I don't recall any oh. footage of the the head actually blowing off. I just remember him landing headless. Headless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we exposed a lot of myths that day yeah, to those poor that's, children that's in tragic. South Florida. Yeah. Right? Put, put my well, head back on. Put my head back on. Yeah. That's Ooh. the last time Billy the Marlin was doing any skydiving. I yeah. guarantee you that. Yep, no doubt. Doug, 
I bet our special guest Boog Shambi remembers that day. Boog, welcome to Starkville. We were just talking about opening day 1997 uh, in Florida when Billy the Marlin was parachuting into the stadium and his head blew off. <laughs> Now, now, wasn't that your first opening day as a Marlins broadcaster? It was. But first, can I just say, I when my yes. email, it showed up, Starkville, because I was still a little bit sleepy and I do college basketball, <laughs> my first thought was like, wait, Mississippi State's playing? Do I have, do I have to go to Starkville? I don't. Oh. Oh. That's what happened. That's right. Yeah, there you go. Like, th- this is two weeks in a row. I think we've had yes. a guest who has actually been to the other Starkville. You've called games from the other Starkville. Oh, that's right. Stark Vegas. Believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We keep hearing about the Stark yeah. Vegas thing. I, I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. What, what happens in this Starkville does not <laughs> Absolutely because not. Because it's a podcast. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, 97 <laughs> was my first year as a broadcaster. I was... The uh, rain delay filler, pregame, postgame guy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it, I don't even know how much I remember about that opening day because I was still kind of spinning from the fact that I was broadcasting <laughs> big league games. I will say that as an opening day, one that jumps out to me was the Phillies home opener at the vet. They played the Cubs – And it was 1992. And the reason why, just because my dad, I was at Boston College and my dad surprised me for my birthday and got us tickets to that opening day. And I went with my dad and my grandfather. It's probably the last time that we went to a baseball game together. And I didn't know it was, and it just, we sat third base side. I think it was when the, the Phillies added the, the a little bit of the blue to the, you know, to that uniform. Like just there, there was a little, sh- a little bit of the the blue shading to that um, script insignia that they had, they had gone to. But yeah, it was, uh, it that was really a, a special one for me. Well, I'm sure I was at that game, but I don't remember anything about it. There's a good chance the Phillies lost because that was their tradition. They lost every yeah. year. Opening day. Yeah. <laughs> On opening day. They just couldn't help themselves. Um, anyway, be- hey, because of that game, because of Billy the Marlins head, I did not give Boog Shambi a proper introduction. Uh, Boog is one of the great baseball broadcasters in our land. Honored to have him. Uh, he'll be calling... Yankees Nationals opening night this Thursday. And, Boog, if I read your schedule right, let's see, you'll have traveled from Chicago to Korea to Washington in a span of 96 That's hours. correct. They call baseball this that, week. You'll be exhausted. That, yes, wow. I will. Yes, I will. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had the Cubs and the White Sox last night for TV. I have LG and KT uh, that you can record tomorrow morning at 5.25 a.m. And then yeah, we'll Thursday night, I'll have the game for ESPN Radio with Chris Singleton, the Nationals, and the Yankees. Friday night, I will have – or Friday afternoon, I'll have Braves and Mets uh, with Chipper Jones and Rick Sutcliffe for TV. There's a guy leaning on the horn outside my apartment. Yeah. And then Sunday night, I'll have the Braves and the Mets again. And then the following Wednesday, we'll have – the Astros and the Dodgers. So it'll be busy. Wow. And, and But you'll do that without ever leaving your house, right? So actually, I yes. I did last night for my apartment. I've done all the KBO games for my apartment. 
but uh, and the, the game tomorrow, the KBO game I'll do from my house. But the games Thursday, Friday, Sunday, and Wednesday will be from Bristol. They're going to have the play-by-play guy in Bristol, at least for the time being. So I I think eventually we'll get back to being in the apartment, but I'm going to be in studio for Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. Got it. All right. So so tell us what it's been like for you calling all these games, not just with no fans, but with you hundreds or thousands of miles away. It's hard. Uh, Um. I, I don't know that you ever totally get used to it. It's it's way different. You just, you can't, you don't think about it as a viewer, but it it's basically like just watching the game, only you turn the sound down and you try and do it. But, uh, you know, for KBO, it's especially difficult because we're just getting a feed. So we don't know anything about what production elements are coming, how long they're going to last. Um, and it's just, it's hard to see the field. You know, we did the game last night and – we had it, you know, technically probably a little more capability, but you know, it's hard to just call the game and then you're not next to your partner. So the nonverbal stuff is hard when you're on a little bit of a delay and just syncing that up. I mean, I, to some extent I've made this joke before, but it's like log rolling. I'm just trying not to fall in for three and a half hours. And on the KBO, it's like log rolling, and they throw me some chainsaws occasionally to juggle. Um, last night, there were no chainsaws was basically how it felt. Good to hear. But it's, it's just – you just don't – look, you know, there, there's a reason we're at the park, and there's a reason we're behind home plate so that you can see the field. You know where the defenders are. You know, that last night, somebody hit a pop-up, and – I can't even, my brain's fried. I can't remember which team it was, but they hit the pop-up, and as the camera revealed on the play, you saw that they were shifting. Well, if I'm at the ballpark, I can tell you they're shifting. (laughs) So there's just a lot of that, a lot of that type of stuff. So it's very different. And then because they pumped in the crowd noise and in Korea they have the cheer squads, I can't say that I've noticed that aspect as much. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm rolling on the log, man. <laughs> you know, I saw an interview with Joe Davis where he said he, that the hardest part of calling games off a monitor is reading the ball off the bat so you can give the proper amount of energy and enthusiasm in the call of some long fly ball. How do you do that? Yeah, it, well, it's hard. And and again, I, I would say that it is – I'm probably a little more concerned about it on radio because you want to be, you want to be a little more on top of the call on TV. You can lag a little bit and be behind it when you're, when you're calling it, but on radio, you you really need to be kind of point for point on top of it. Yeah. That, that is absolutely an issue. And sometimes it's uh, it's challenging. And I I mean, my, I think your, your best, the best thing you can do is just be honest. And if somebody, last one and you didn't get it immediately off the bat. I mean, heck, it's not like I haven't screwed him up while I'm in the ballpark too. We were joking about it last night where I had a game a few years ago with Sut. Dougie, I think you were there for it. Corey Seager hit three home runs and his fourth time up, Jason, I'm sitting there saying to myself, I've never called a four homer game. I've never even seen a four homer game. And I'm determined that if the ball is in the air, 
<laughs> I'm coming out of my shoes, okay? Because I'm not, you know, I'm not. If it's a four homer game, I'm not going to blow the the call. And he gets up there and takes a rip at it, and I immediately am swung on, dead. And he popped out to short. You know, it was like it was like the, the the left fielder got called off by the shortstop, and and yeah, it was right. it was bad. So you can, I, I mean, you could screw him up wherever you are but yes off the bat joe is right it's that 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 part is challenging yeah i mean and john i mean you think about those years on wednesday night baseball and we did kind of figure out a cadence because i was in the right field stands or left field wherever i was (laughs) and we kind of had to figure out okay what's the good time to talk but there was something about the lanes we established yes uh, over time right we practiced this all right i'm the outfield you know base running guy hitter and Sut, in that case, was often the pitcher. I mean, have you found that some of that's evolved, given that you don't have that person sitting right next to you? So, look, I will say a couple of things on that. I always, I was always proud of the job we were able to do in executing that, because that's not simple when everybody is not together. And you said it perfectly. We found the lanes for each of us that Sut would do more of the pitching that you would do the outfield and base running and hitting and just the conversation we would collaborate and it was smooth. The issue, Doug, is it's compounded by the fact that we're not next to each other and we're not on the same time. So there's that one second-ish delay that you don't have in the ballpark that in the ballpark, we're it's just like it is with us right now, whereas – if you wait that extra pause and then somebody steps on somebody with these games, it's just, it's really hard because of the delay. So yes, on KBO, it has certainly gotten better. The other component is last night we're navigating three people KBO more often than not. It's two. When we have a guest, it becomes an interview. So you can really direct the traffic. Doug will ask the next question. Boog has the next question. Boog's going to follow. That's what the producer saying in our headset. So it's uh, we're still trying to figure it out. I think it's going to take some time to iron it out. I'm sure we'll have some disasters, but uh, yeah, it's you're you know it's just it's going to take some time. You know, I was watching Orioles Phillies on Sunday night. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon comes up to start the first inning, right? And the the in stadium crowd noise was not working yet. Oh no! And so. He stepped out because he could actually hear Tom McCarthy and Ben Davis in no the booth way. calling his at bat, and it was disconcerting. So they were trying to get the crowd noise going. Then they had all this incredible feedback thing that was going oh on. There was literally a delay <laughs> of the game because the crowd noise was not working. That's amazing. That's how messed up this is. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's I amazing. Mean, and he stepped out. He, yeah. he did. I'm surprised like he didn't like tip oh, his did. cap or something like that. That seems like something that Kutch would <laughs> well, do, you know? At, at one point, already he's down 0 and 2 when this happens. And so there's this long delay, and he says to the umpire, Hey, could we just start over? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, just start the record over. I like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it is. It's so part of it becomes part of your rhythm as a player you just feed off of it. I mean, we would go to Montreal, for example, and now there was very few people there thousands you know four thousand and there was a game where my brother came to visit me in montreal 
and I know Phillies fans might be mad at me, but I literally spoke to him the entire game in between like innings, half innings. I was like, hey, man, you know, we just had a conversation. Literally, there was nobody there. I did the Marlins. So that's that's my first <laughs> remember that. I mean, I, I can remember doing I did a, a Marlins Expos game at Joe Robbie Pro Player Dolphin Stadium. It's like 12th inning, something like that. And, you know, it's like the 2-2 is outside and the count is full. And then all of a sudden you just hear a fan like he's in the booth with me go, <laughs> let's go Yankees! <laughs> Good times. I I have one more KBO question now. I I believe it was the KT Wiz who put together a song. Oh, Uh, It might even have been two songs for Carl Ravitch. But, Boog, where is your song? And if there was a song, what would they even call it? See, now, don't be afraid. That song's been out for a couple of weeks. I'll send it to you right now. You should. Oh, you have have a song? song. Oh, I am so sorry. I missed that. Yeah, it's. And it's. It's like catchy, I'll tell you that. Like it's oh, it's not nice. it's it's pretty it's pretty good. I mean, it took them a while. They went into the studio and you know, <laughs> it you you had to wait, but it it was it was worth the wait. So ESPN Pukshambi. Wow! ESPN Pukshambi. Let's go. Wow! Together. Wow! ESPN Pukshambi. ESPN Pukshambi, wow! ESPN Pukshambi, let's go, wow! Together, wow! ESPN Pukshambi, wow! Wow, wow! So, do you think that, like, if you ever did show up at a Wii's game, that you could even walk through the stadium without being a, just a cold? I'd be mobbed. I think I'd be mobbed. <laughs> yeah, you would. And the other, right? the other thing they did was, and this was pretty good. So this is, you know, MLB teams are doing this now, but the NC Dinos were the first team. So a couple of the teams have put stuffed animals behind home plate, but the Dinos were the first team that did the cutouts. And I was legitimately right behind home plate, like over the umpire's shoulder, the game <laughs> that I was calling. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so I, I actually want to buy a cardboard cutout in all 30 stadiums. Yeah. I think that'd be of yourself. Yeah, would that be like behind home plate? I'm like, like one day, I just want every everywhere everybody like. There's Glanville again. He's in all <laughs> 15 parks. So my Friday game is Braves at Mets. I'm gonna work really hard to put Chipper Jones and Shea Jones behind home plate. Yes, that's what I'm trying to do. That needs to happen. Yeah, there's no chance that Chipper's gonna listen to this podcast. So you should be safe. Well, I mean, who knows? But it's not like he can stop me anyway. You know, we you, you might have heard something about this. Opening day is coming mm. up, uh, right? So I thought that with opening day looming, yes. the three of us should do a bunch of uh, quick hits right. on some fun questions about this season. Predictions, over-unders, wild guesses, you know, the usual stuff. I like it. And if you have something really profound to say, we'll even waive the quick hit part. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So. That's me, Mr. Profundity. Yes, that's why you're here. All right, so let's start with this. The new rule you are most excited about, the extra inning rule, ban on second to start the inning, universal DH for all 30 teams, and the three batter rule for all relievers. Boog, we'll start with you. 
I can't. I'm. I can't do quick hitter. I'm terrible. I for this year, I'm excited <laughs> about the extra inning rule. I don't want it to stay. I want there to be ties. I want universal DH to stay. The three batter rule stinks. It'll do nothing. Doug. Well, I I just can't the the magic double as we call it uh, with the guy just appearing at second base. I just my mind it cannot wrap. <laughs> it, I just can't accept it. I cannot accept it. Uh, universal DH is, yeah. I mean it's. It's going to be something. I don't know if it's going to go away once it starts. I think it's going to be hard to get rid of it. No. So what do you think? Uh, you know, I never thought I'd say this because I'm the fan of the weird and the wacky and the 17-inning game where the shortstop's on the mound. But <laughs> I've been talking to people about the extra inning rule. I'm really in- interested in it. Uh, you know, I thought initially it would just be, all right, lay down a yeah. bunt, get them over, get them in. Yeah. The more I hear yeah. about this – from people who have seen a lot more of it than I have, from guys who have managed with it. There's so much strategy involved. I, it actually sounds like fun to me. We'll have, like, it's a, it's a just such a major second-guessing opportunity. Yeah. I, I can't wait. I really, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to like it a lot more than I I don't I think you're going to see the road team bunting in the top. I think if it's tied in the bottom, the home team may do it. Right. But I don't think you're going to see the road. If you play for one in the top, I don't I don't think that's the best play. The other thing, too, from a broadcasting standpoint, I'm really looking forward to the first time in my career uttering this phrase. And it's a leadoff two-run homer. <laughs> <laughs> These things will that's happen. Yeah. Okay, that did not qualify as a quick. <laughs> no, it didn't. In case you're no, it didn't. All right. okay. I will stop. All right, next question. Yes. If the Dodgers do not get to the World Series from the National League, who will? Doug, let's start with you. Whew, man. I, I'm just going to pull randomness because that's where we're at right now. Because I, <laughs> Right. So my bold prediction is the Cincinnati Reds. That's what I'm going to say. That is bold. Yeah. Boog, he just got? stole mine. I'll say the Braves then, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I'm going Braves. Uh, now that Freddie Freeman looks like he's okay, I, I love that team. Uh, loaded with talent, loaded with energy, and I think the ability to manufacture your own energy is going to be a huge factor this year. I like it. All right, how, how about AL? If the Yankees don't get to the World Series in the American League, who will? I got the Rays. Yeah? The Rays. Wait, all right. You're not going to give an explanation for that. You're just going to. I am not. I mean, I think that the Ra- the Rays, like if you told me that in this 60-game stretch, the Rays actually won the division, uh, I, I would not be surprised. I think that the Dodgers are so far and away the best team in the National League. It's not even close. I think they're the best team. Right. But I think the Rays have an opportunity. I think that they could win the division. I think they're closer to the Yankees than anybody is to the Dodgers. Yeah, they're, they're really fun. Doug? Yeah, I would say the Rays, but, you know, since we're going, I got to go off the grid since it's already chosen. So my off-the-grid picture would be the Chicago White Sox. That is off the grid. Yeah. Dallas Keuchel, Cy Young. He's in, you know, you just go 10 and 2 and you're like, you're amazing. <laughs> it's like 60 Nobody's games. Nobody's winning 10 this year, pal. True. Everybody. Um, I, I'm going with the Houston Astros. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that like team it. has a chip on its shoulder the size of J.J. Watt. You know, I just think they're going to use all the hate <laughs> and all the doubt as fuel and get to the World Series. That's where they were at. When the previous spring training was in progress, I don't know where they're at yeah. now. But uh, new manager who will make the biggest impact. I hear your choices: uh, Dusty Baker, David Ross, or Joe Girardi. Let's mm, go with Doug. Let's start one. this one. 
Yeah, I'm going to say Dusty. We had him on the podcast, uh, what was it, a month or a half ago or so. Just because, you know, I'm not thinking of it almost on the field, but off the field. I mean, he's going to navigate something so complicated and walking into the disaster from, you know, Astros sign-stealing scandal. And I, I think he'll be able to change the conversation and keep his team together. So I'm going to say Dusty Baker. It'd be a cool story, Boog. I think David Ross is going to do a really good job with the Cubs. I don't know if he's going to help them enough so that they pitch well, but I think that the culture will get better. I think that they'll play better defense and they'll run the bases better. And I think overall they'll they'll be improved. That's that's the, the thought yeah, there. We're all rooting for David Ross in, in, in this podcast. Uh, well, okay, I'm going to go with Joe Girardi. Um, this just in, I live in Philly. Um, and I just think Joe is so good at his job, man. And uh, every move, every decision has a purpose. And if, you know, somebody who's watched the Phillies a lot the last couple of years, there were a lot of lab experiments going on on the field the last couple of years. Those days are over. I think Joe Girardi makes a huge difference. So we got we got this one covered. We took all three of them. Like uh, okay, here's a fun one. Most home runs this season. Will it be Pete Alonzo or any Yankees? So you could have Judge, Stanton, Glaber, Gary Sanchez, anybody. I, I would go any Yankee there would be my guess. I think between – Judge Stanton and Sanchez, one of those three guys. I'll I'll take a crack at that. That Alonzo will regress, and one of those three would will have a monster year. Yeah, it's a good it's a good call, Doug. I'm, gonna, I'm going any Yankee for this simple reason: Glaber Torres is going to play the Baltimore Orioles a lot, and it doesn't and it doesn't <laughs> seem to matter like where. Yeah, that went they, well actually. Uh, I, yeah. he he literally because of the Orioles he might hit 33 home runs in 60 games. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to play the odds and say any Yankee, too. I'm like, I prefer any choice where I have way more chances to be right. So <laughs> I'm going to go any Yankee. But I, I do think this is the year, finally, when Judge and Stanton both have the monster mini-season together. Just have a good feel on that. Um, okay, more, more home runs this year. Bryce Harper or Manny Machado? And you know, it was closer than you might think last year, right? It was 35 for Bryce, 32 for Manny. Um, I've lost complete control. I think it's Doug's turn to yeah, start off here. I'll start off. I'll, I'll go Bryce Harper. I, I see him having a, a huge year. It's concentrated. I see his focus going next level. I'm sure he's thinking about how the Nationals win the World Series without him. <laughs> I, I, I think he's highly motivated this season. And, and in the, you know, the short porch in Philly, uh, I see a lot of good things coming out of Bryce this year. I agree. I I would pick Bryce Harper as well. I think, you know, comp to a 162 game season. I think Bryce Harper is capable of a 50 homer type season, especially when you combine it with playing home games in that ballpark. I think he's, he's got still a, another, you know, monster home run type season left in well, him. I am totally with you. In fact, when the, uh, when the world stopped in spring training, I was actually working on a piece about how, all the reasons that Bryce could hit 50. Um, he's just built for that park. I don't think you can say Manny is built for his. Uh, 
Take a look at Bryce Harper's hard hit rate in Citizens Bank Park last year. It was insane. Uh, you know, he's, he, he had problems early in the year lifting the ball, uh, retooled his swing, seen some signs of that swing so far uh, in summer camp. And the other thing about Bryce, mentioned this before, the ability to manufacture your own energy with no fans is going to be huge this year. I think it's safe to say Bryce Harper can do that, right? Uh, okay, here's one. Two young starters with uh, just Cy Young's waiting to happen. So More great. strikeouts, mm. Jack Flaherty yeah. or Walker Bueller. Mm. You, should, you should know that their, their strikeout rate last year was identical. 10.6 whiffs per nine innings. I think it's Boo's turn. I, th- I mean, again, with these two, they I feel like they get mentioned a lot together because in a similar age range, who would you rather have? I lean slightly to Walker Bueller. Um, you know, I know Jack has a great slider. Bueller's got a little bit more in terms of velocity. I, I, I guess I, I lean a tiny bit towards Walker Bueller. Yeah, I, there's no I, wrong answer. Yeah, no, there's none. I mean, I, I'll go Flaherty just because of the ridiculous. What was it the second half? I mean, he was unbelievable. Yeah. And if he can just so he's proven like he can be the best pitcher. All right, Garrett Cole, I'm gonna put him over here. Best pitcher in his league at least. <laughs> and and I'm, I, by the way, gonna call Jacob Degrom and tell yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I don't know what what those numbers are, but Flaherty had to be right up there with Degrom in a, in a half a season. He was ridiculous last year. So um, yeah, I mean, I, they're they're both they got great arms, but Flaherty just wow, he was so incredible. For yeah, the, I, I I feel like these guys are the next Cole and Scherzer, right? They just they just are, and. I'm going to go Flaherty here just because I think he's going to pitch more innings. He just He's just so hungry to be an ace, you know. Um, Dodgers, I think, will be more careful with Walker Bueller, but both of them, oh, my God, so much fun to watch. Uh, we we got to do a Shohei Otani question, and I, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't figure out what the – what the question should be. So how about this? Uh, last two years, so that's the Otani era, uh, his OPS is 883, and Anthony Rizzo's OPS has been 883. So higher OPS this season, Shohei or Anthony Rizzo? Oof. Is it Boo's turn? No, it's Doug's turn. Yeah, man. I, I'm going to say Otani. Uh, uh, you know, Rizzo's a little banged up. And uh, it's kind of hard to tell how he's going to get out of the gate. I guess that could help him in some ways. But 60 games, Otani, just the fact that he's missed all this time. Uh, I mean, I don't know, he's supposed to be on the mound too. I mean, this guy is, this is like Babe Ruth reincarnated in some ways. But he's got to get there the whole field. So I'll, I'll go Otani. I, I, I think the Angels are going to make a lot of noise this year with Joe Madden at the helm. Could be. I like the idea that you put it in rate stat form just because Otani may, you know, get some at bat slash right. because he's going to pitch some, et cetera. Um, it's a great question. And I think I lean Otani just a, a tiny bit. I don't know that everybody realizes quite how good he has been offensively. He's, you know, do you remember going back to his first spring training and people were writing pieces? They're knocking the bat out of his hands, all this nonsense. Yeah, crazy. He's he's turned into a monster, and we're going to get a chance to see him pitch. So I go slightly in Otani. Yeah, I'm going Otani too. Uh, worried about Rizzo's back, but I'm just I'm obsessed with Otani. Um, 
He's got the same career OPS as Freddie Freeman. Okay, and wow. in his other life, his hobby, his hobby as a pitcher, he's got the same career ERA plus as Garrett Cole. <laughs> got this? Same OPS as Freddie Freeman. Same ERA plus as Garrett Cole, and he is a real person. <laughs> it's amazing. A real live human. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I, I mean, just... there, there was a week, wasn't it, where he, he hit like two home runs and he threw like whatever he had like a fifteen strikeout. I mean, it was something. And I literally like didn't know what I was watching. I was like, he just hit a ball 445 feet and then throws like 98, 100. I mean, it's it's insane. And um, I think you know Murakami, who was the first Japanese player to play the Giants. Uh, I interviewed him a long time ago for um, <clears throat> when we did those Goodwill games, and uh, or the culture, the games of culture at ESPN. And he was talking about him when he was like 18, 19. He was telling, he's like, this is the guy I'm watching. And I'm excited to watch, and that. So I mean, he's delivered times ten. So if he can be healthy a whole season, it's it's going to be magic. Yeah, I, I you know this this spring uh, I was talking to Joe Madden about him because Joe had really never seen him before he got to Arizona, and he started comparing him to Bo Jackson. So that kind of got my attention. And then like a few days later, Charles Barkley came into their camp and he told Joe, "Stop comparing this guy to Bo." Okay, <laughs> that's not going to be allowed anymore. But hey, we're making up the rules as we go along. Yeah, why not? That's yeah. right. Yep. Uh, all right, let's do Ronald Acuna Jr., another guy I'm obsessed with. Now, he almost went 40 40 last year. So, more home runs this year for Acuna or more steals? Whose turn is it? Mine. Okay. I don't know whether it is. <laughs> yeah, but I think it is. That works. That works for everybody. Homers, homers. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Homers. Yeah, I'm gonna go home runs too. I mean, it's it's tough. The stolen base is, I don't know, and you know who knows. It could be fun to run, but yeah, I know people aren't giving up those outs as much, you know. And I don't know how the analytics are gonna respond this year, but Acuna loves to go deep. So, uh, wow. I mean, could he be 50-50 one year? I don't know. He's got the talent. I've said this on this podcast. I think he's got a 50-50 season in him. Um, so, all right, this year, um, okay, the equivalent of the 40-40 club would be the 15-15 club. Think he gets to that? Yeah, sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he gets to that. That'd be I, I think that 40-40 and 50-50, I would bet against. I don't think he'll ever do that because I just don't think he'll run enough. And I think it's too hard. They're just it's you've got to be a you know an efficient base dealer to the level of you know Chase Utley or Carlos Beltran in order to do it in such a you know a short amount of attempts. And I just I don't see it. So I don't I don't think he'll he'll ever get a chance to to run quite that much. And as per usual, you see the aging. You know, even though he's super young, that like those it just declines. Yeah, no the, you know, the, like they, they get beat up some by running. It just you don't see it as the 20, 2019 playoff team, so a team that made the playoffs last year, that will not make it this year. All right. Uh, Doug, what do you think? I might need that list of, like, who are these teams? <laughs> it's like... All right. Well, I mean, I think we, we think the Yankees will make it. We think the Rays will make okay. it, right? Then yep. there's the Twins and the Astros are the other two teams in the AL. Okay. Missing somebody. Um, the A's. Oh, the A's were the other one. Okay. And then the NL. Okay, we had Braves and Nationals in the East. 
Mm-hmm. We had the Cardinals and Brewers made it from the Central, and the Dodgers made it from the West. So in that group, who could potentially not make it? I think we would – you could see the Nationals maybe not making it. Right? Well, Almost anybody in the East could not make it. Yeah. Cardinals. I got the Nationals not making it. You have the Nationals not making it because – um, I, I think that that division's challenging. You know, like uh, you give the Braves a slight nod, the, the Mets are going to be difficult. I think that they're capable playoff teams. There are four of them in the Central. And then I, I will tell you, there I have one sneak attack team that I don't think gets talked about enough. People have talked about the Reds and the White Sox and the Padres. To me, there's a, there's a National League team. They won't come close to winning the division. But I think a, a, a potential National League playoff team that nobody talks about is the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Mike Hazen's done yes, a really sir. good job there. They won 85 games, I think, last year. It's a good team. Uh, yeah. They've done a good job by, you know, they've, they've unloaded payroll but stayed competitive. That, that's, a, that's a smart group that they have out there with Jared Porter and Amiel Sadway. Um the Diamondbacks are impressive. I like okay, that. Okay, that wasn't the question, but sorry, <laughs> it's an that, excellent answer though. Because I agree. Right. I go, I go gas bag on you. <laughs> sorry. All right, Doug, you're still thinking though, right? No, I mean, what do you, what do you got? Well, I, since I've double, you know, doubled down on the Reds, I'm thinking a team in the Central is not going to make it. So I'll, I'll say the Cardinals. I'll say the Cardinals. I think I like the the Craig Council, the Brewers. They have a very good system, and and they are you know masterful in bullpen management and they're very algorithmic. And I don't ever count them out. I think they're just a very efficient team. So they, they always find a way to, to get in. And I know the Cardinals would be surprised with Flaherty winning like 10 games. I'm going to throw it out there. Um, Got to score, yeah. though, man. Cardinals yeah. struggle yeah. to score. Yeah, so that's man. part of it. And then, you know, the American League, uh, I'll say the Twins since I'm going into the White Sox camp. So, yeah. Really? Yep. You think the Twins will not make it? That's right. Just throwing it out there. I mean, I'm picking the White Sox to win, go to the World <laughs> I Series. So I don't see that. <laughs> There's like there's gonna be something crazy yeah, and aberrational totally that crazy. happens this year. Anybody could win I mean, this thing, right? You know, Saris and I just wrote a piece a week or so ago in which we we documented how the Tigers could win the World Series. Yeah, exactly. it's not gonna happen, by the way, but something aberrational will happen. I mean, who's so, right? Who's whatever you throw out? I know if somebody if a team gets sick or something. I mean, we could yeah, we could predict true. all that's day long, exactly but exactly right. Like, yeah. That's it. I mean, you're done. You know, you lose, you know, right. knock on wood, I don't win this. What do you think the percentage chance is that the Dodgers don't make the playoffs? <sighs> well, they did start 30 and 30, la- uh, was it last year? Two years ago, right? And that, like, I don't think that gets you in no. this year. No, it I don't think so. Uh, look at the Fangrass projections. They have 17 teams winning between 30 and 33 games. Yep. So that's, like, that's why... The prediction business is always a horrible line of work. Yes, horrible. I'm really living true. proof. I, I know. But, well, you made us do it, and I'm I'm making a make a prediction. Let's go. I said, give me a percentage oh, okay. chance that the Dodgers don't make the playoffs. Fifteen percent. That's what I got. What do you think? I think it's, I think it's lower than that. <laughs> I me think too. it's like eight percent. I think it's like seven to eight. They're so loaded, and they're deep. Yeah, they're they, loaded. They are. They're deep. So much, so much depth and versatility and an answer for everything. I never even got to answer the question oh, yeah. I asked. I'm, what was the question? That's right. What was the question? See, uh, I'm, I'm going nationals. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you on that one. Uh, some age on that roster and that pitching staff. And uh, I think they really, really, really miss Anthony Rendon. Uh, yeah. 
Hasn't been talked about enough. Uh, Okay, um, more wins this year, boys. Reds or White Sox? Dougie? Well, I have both those teams rolling along, so I'll go Reds. They have better starting pitching. I I got Reds. Yeah, I I think we're all on the Reds. Uh, Fangrass has the Reds at 31 wins. White Sox at 30 wins, so it's really a coin flip. It's a blown mm-hmm. save <laughs> separating them. Um, I, I, I feel like there's still a little volatility on the White Sox. Uh, I, I'm going to yep. go Reds. Um, okay, this is a related question. More wins. Doug, this is for you. White Sox oh, yeah. or Cubs? Oh, see, this is like putting me in disaster land right here. <laughs> That's why. Oh my that's gosh, exactly this is so good. exactly why I asked. Well, the good news is that since they're in different leagues, I'll, I'll say the White Sox since I've been talking about them. Oh my And gosh. then it doesn't. Wait, but I still have the Cubs <laughs> making the playoffs. Dougie, uh, hang on. Let me. I'm just recording this. I'm gonna put this on. Recorded. No, that more wins, but the Cubs still make the playoffs as a wild card team. That could still happen, right? They, they could because they're in different leagues. They are playing each other though, so that is going to be interesting. Oh yeah. By the way, you want a really good note, and I'm sure you guys probably know this, but from doing it last night, those two teams both have a good chance to make the playoffs. Last three games of the season are Cubs at White Sox at guaranteed yeah, rate field. awesome. It's going to be crazy. That's yeah. intense. That's pretty that's good. That's tremendous. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think the Cubs will win more games. I love the talent on the White Sox. I, look, here's how my brain works. When I prepare for a game, for example, this is what I do. If I like, if I haven't seen a team, if you gave me the Mariners tomorrow, I would sit there and say, okay, where'd they finish in runs per game? What was their rank? Where'd they finish in home run rate? What was their AL rank? Where'd they finish in on base? What was their rank? Where'd they finish in slug? What was their rank? And then I do like FIP ERA, overall starters, bullpen. For me, for the White Sox, when I see your 13th in the league in runs per game, you're a team that struggles to get on base. Do I think it can be improved? Yeah. But the amount of times, this is anecdotal, in my experience, that a team goes from 13th to 5th in runs per game or something along those lines, those leaps and levels of improvement don't happen very often. And the Cardinals last year made the playoffs. I think they were 10th in the league in runs per game. But you do have to score. We get this idea that you got to do pitching and defense, pitching and defense. You got to score. And even though I like their young talent, they still have the lowest offensive walk rate in the majors. They struggle to make contact. I still think that there could be some growing pains. Yeah, and, and I think I, you're you're also battling. And what's so crazy about this season is you have 60 game. It is the ultimate small yeah. sample size. Yeah, and, that's fair. And, uh, so even if you are 13th, well, scratch what no. I just said. Forget about what I just said. Do not listen to what that was terrible analysis because everything this year will be completely well, this, wrong. Yeah, this is from me working with you for so long, and you'd always throw that out there. Small sample size. I don't want to hear it. I was like, White Sox have a good first half, not even a good third, and they are they could go from 13th to first. Well, no, hey, look, you'll appreciate this. You know, we had a we had our buddy Joe Sheehan on. KBO and he made this point and really th- digest this for a second. He made this point. The Mariners last year started 13 and two. Yeah. If the Mariners start 13 and two this year, underline this, they guarantee they contend for the yeah. whole year. Oh yeah. Like you really, if you, you know what I'm saying? Like if you go 13 and two, then you, I mean, you could lose your next 15 <laughs> games and you still like have a shot. 
All right, what, one more. Now, this was this, this goes back to the uh, piece that Eno, Eno and I wrote a week or so ago. What's the most aberrational thing that could happen out of these three things? Yankees miss the playoffs. Tigers win the World Series. Oh or somebody hits 400. Wow. That's a good think? one. Um, I, well, if I go for I'm going to say Tigers winning the World Series. I mean... Someone yes. might hit 400. I'm not even, you know, yes. you got hot. I mean, didn't you, was the article about Milt Thompson? Milt Thompson? Milt Thompson made it in there, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he had, had like, it. what did he have, 500? It was ridiculous. He hit 500 for over five weeks. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> and he had 483 <laughs> for 60 games. There, I mean, so I'm not I'm not taking that off the table. But, yeah, the Yankees winning, I mean, that, that not winning, okay, you know, but Tigers, whew. They they have a long way to go and a lot, <laughs> lot, lot could go wrong. I, I I agree entirely with what uh, with what Doug said. I think and in that order, I think it's Tigers winning the World Series, then the Yankees, and then somebody hitting 400 as least likely. Um, by the way, the last guy to hit uh, over the, since 2000, the the only guy to hit. Um, over 400 for 60 plus games as Chipper Jones. The first 60 games, right? But if you yeah, take if you take games. any chunk of 60 games, right. it's actually happened yeah. three times in the last four years. Joey Votto right. did it, oh, yeah. and that yeah. Jose Altuve guy did it twice. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Um, so, so I think I mean I think that's you know, and then you have not playing again. It's batting average, so walks can eliminate plate appearances. So. You take a high walk guy, he's got a, a shot at it. Yeah. But the Tigers aren't winning the World Series. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I, I know they're not. But here, here was my rationale on why this is actually possible, okay? We had a team last year, last year, that spent most of the season playing like a 108-loss team. But they had a 60-game stretch where they went 37 and 23, which would make you pretty much the number one seed this year. That was the Rockies, Rockies. right? So yeah. s- strange things can happen in a 60 game chunk of any season. Like if somebody goes 37 and 23 this year, there's no long haul for things to even out, right? You would look at that team and think, wow, that's the best team in baseball, but maybe they're not. I don't know. So, I'm, it's just my way of saying this is going to be one weird season. <laughs> We're all in agreement with that, right? I think we got to let Boog go. He's oh, got yeah, yeah, to get to a game in Korea. Yeah. Uh, More puns. Right. Do your thing. Do your thing. <laughs> right. All right, Boog, so much fun to have you in, here in Starkville and uh, have a great flight to Korea. Stop back anytime, <laughs> my friend. Been awesome. Awesome. To spend some time with you. You guys are great. You put a smile on my face. I love you both. I have mad respect for both of you, and I, I'm truly honored that you asked me to do this. Thank yeah, you, brother. Back, great back to talk to you, pal. man. Absolutely, man. Hey, citizens of Starkville, Evil Mayor Tim here. Let's take a minute to talk about dugout mugs. The baseball season is almost here, just days away. And while fans probably won't be at the ballpark, you can still get that ballpark feeling with Dugout Mugs. The company was started in a college baseball dugout, hence the name Dugout Mugs. It's the barrel of a baseball bat turned into a 12-ounce mug licensed by MLB with your favorite team laser engraved onto the Birchwood baseball bat barrel mug. Perfect for the big game, to put on display, or as a unique gift 
for a baseball fan. Go to dugoutmugs.com slash theathletic and use the promo code MLB30 for 30% off your first purchase. That's dugoutmugs.com slash theathletic and code MLB30. Fill that baseball void with your very own dugout mug today. Doug, it's time for one of our favorite parts of every podcast, listener trivia. It's our way of inviting you, our favorite listeners, to be a part of this show. And once again this week, we are literally involving you in the show. Uh, If you remember, what we used to do was we would read your trivia question, probably mispronounce your name just to further muck this up. But now we got a much more fun idea uh, for us, but especially for you. Um, If we select your trivia question, we give you the opportunity to ask it to us live on the show to your chance to achieve major podcast stardom merely by stumping us. And as we prove every week, pretty much anybody can stump us. Okay, so this week we've got a guy who has already proved that he can stump us because he's done it before. He's Jimmy Hawkins. He submitted his question through the miracle of Twitter where his Twitter handle is at jhawk26 so jimmy welcome to starkville how are you good how are you we are good my friend uh now if i remember right you're a philadelphian which means that you once used to read me in the pages of the philadelphia inquirer and you once watched the young doug glanville scamper around the gleaming green cement of veteran stadium is that right yes i did so one more thing how'd you come up with this question um, I, I just enjoyed like researching trivia. Um, uh, so I'll just look up, I, I might have an idea for something and then look it up and see if there's, if it can be a legit question or if there's two answers or 20 answers. And I found this one and, um, I decided to submit it. I always, I always okay. said, uh, as all, all the guys on my softball team, uh, enjoy the trivia. So each game I ask them a question and they try and get it, uh, during the game. And usually they don't get it, so <laughs> yeah. So I always, I always got a, a bunch of things ready to go, and you know, now that there's no season this year, I submit them all to you. So <laughs> yeah, it's working out well for you. Uh, all right, the time has come for you to ask come. this Jay week's Darkville trivia question. Jimmy, the floor is yours, my friend. Uh, today's question is: Who are the only third? Who are the only three players to have 100 extra base hits in a season more than once? Okay, 100 extra base hits and did it in more than one season. impressive. Oh, man, this is a fun question. It's a hard question. But, you know, as a guy who asks a lot of trivia questions, I do know some stuff, and I knew two of these off the top of my head. Wow. Uh, One, Lou Gehrig the original 100 extra base hit machine. I'm Whoa. sure he's right. And the other, I'm almost certain, because I've asked this, is my favorite human trivia answer, Todd oh. Helton. Right? Yeah, that's correct. Thank, thank you, Todd. Thank you, Coorsville. Okay, so oh, he's confirmed. Those, so. those two are right, so we just have to guess who the heck is the other one. Let me look at my notes here. Um, I wrote down Babe Ruth, Rogers Hornsby, from Oof. the good old days. Uh, then Stan Musial, Willie Mays, Mickey oh Mantle, goodness. Hank Aaron, Pete Rose from the uh, kind of the, the golden era. Then recent times, I wrote down Larry Walker, Albert Bell, 
Albert Pujols. Doug's taking mm. notes on all these. Yep. Um, I'm sure I'm missing some more guys from like the 20s and the 30s. But, you know, one of my rules is like when in doubt, go with freaking Babe Ruth. How stupid can you ever look guessing Babe Ruth, even if it's wrong? So mm-hmm. that's my guess. Gehrig Ruth Helton. Doug, now it's your turn to man fix this. <laughs> okay, all right. So I had none of those on my list, so that's not a good oh, okay. start. Good. Um, yeah, I was I was very modern. So I, you know, A. Rod Jr. Bonds, Sosa. Sosa just seemed like he did. He hit a lot of singles. Uh, yeah, I like your list though. Hornsby, man, that's a good one. Mays, Hornsby. Oh man, I don't, I don't really have a clue. No, what about A. Rod? A. Rod must have because Bonds hit seventy something home runs, but didn't he have like nine singles that year? You know, when he hit seventy three home runs, it was something like, ridiculous. You know, it's it's just so hard to get a hundred extra base hits when you walk two hundred times. Yeah, how you do that? <laughs> okay, think about it. Um, anyway, yeah. okay, all right, I have to, I have to come up with something. All right, let me go. A. Rod, Sammy Sosa, and. <laughs> Rogers Hornsby. <laughs> uh, well, we did a ruling here. Now he, he's already <laughs> confirmed we got. I got two uh, right. So well, is, he, Jim, is he allowed to? Is he allowed to vo- to throw three more guesses out there? Sure, why not? We're going to allow uh, that. Th- yeah. They're probably wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Jimmy, uh, now you get to do what you've been waiting to do all day, and that is tell us how wrong we are. Is there any chance that Babe Ruth or any of those guys Doug guessed was the right answer? A lot of the a lot of the guys you guessed did it one time, but never twice. Uh, the, oh. uh, Jason got uh, Lou Gehrig and Todd Helton, and the third guy is Chuck Klein. Chuck with the Phillies. Wow. First of all, like wow. how could Babe Ruth not have done it like seven that times? Was amazing. Yeah. He did. He did it. No, he had ninety nine no extra base hits twice. Oh no. oh no! And he did get a hundred. Yeah, I think uh, he's got. He had like one seventeen in nineteen twenty one. Oh that was that's the most extra that? base hits ever. One hundred and seventeen, right? But never that's got a hundred. Single. That's unbelievable. So it's Somebody Chuck singles, Klein. Man. See that that should not count. That's a great one. Great arm. Yeah, but you, you know why? You know why this should come with a massive, massive asterisk because Chuck Klein got to play in Baker Bowl. <laughs> and uh, I have to admit that I said some not that nice things about both Chuck and Baker Ball in my uh, Stark Truth book. But, like, here's why. You know how far the right field fence was from home plate in Baker Bowl? 280 and a half feet. <laughs> That's my high school field. 280. Right. 280 and a half. So in, this was in the major leagues. In 1929, his team's team batting average at home what what do you want to guess it was? What that what the Phillies hit in nineteen twenty nine at Baker Bowl as a team? Oh, three forty. That's exactly it was three forty on the nose. Oh wow. Holy crap. <laughs> but wow. like think how many fly balls turn into doubles and triples and homers in that place. So uh, is that why Klein had so many assists? You remember he had a great arm? And he yeah. probably had a lot of assists at first he, base. He was like, standing right behind the infield, <laughs> of course. All right, late, late, I guess it all counts. Let, let's call yeah, in the new mayor awesome. of Starkville, Mayor Tim. Uh, so, Mayor, is there any chance that you've got a highlight of Chuck Klein, Chuck Klein hitting like wow. a 282-foot dive? 
I do not have a Chuck <laughs> Klein highlight, but I do have a highlight. One note, though, yeah. on Chuck Klein and Lou Gehrig, um, just with how this worked out. Lou Gehrig did it in 1927 and 1930. Chuck Klein also did it in 1930. So the two of them both going for 100 wow. extra base hits Amazing. that year, yeah. and then Klein did it in 1932. The cool thing about Todd Helton, he did it back-to-back -back seasons in 2000 and 2001. And we have a highlight from 2001, and this one should sound familiar to you, Doug, at Coors Field, uh -oh. July 31st, 2001, <laughs> against the Phillies. Here we go. Yikes. High fly ball, deep right field. Todd Helton has done it. Wow. For the third night in a row, the Phillies lose a game in the bottom of the ninth. <laughs> Wow. wow, I remember that. I night. believe that was Dave Armstrong on that call. Wasn't he doing Rockies games back then? And uh, the center fielder for those 2001 Phillies, the yeah. losing team, Doug Glanville. Doug, you yeah. remember that home run off your good friend Real Cormier? Oh, yeah. I mean, I they yeah, I want to say, I don't know if there, there was, yeah, there was a time we just kept getting walked off. It was It was a nightmare. Sounds and, like that was the time. Yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was a couple of those times. So, yeah, of course. Whew, fun to hit there, though. I'll tell you, that was mm -hmm. couldn't cover it all in the outfield. Yeah, well, I, I, I still can't believe that I knew Todd Helton, but I missed Chuck Klein. Uh, yeah. Anyway, good work by Jimmy Hawkins stumping right, us once again. Awesome. Uh, Jim, thanks for joining us on Starkville. And uh, just so you know, if you want to come back, no more Chuck Klein questions. Got it? Yeah. All right. Chuck Klein. Baker Bowl. <laughs> I, I got plenty more, so I'll keep submitting them. <laughs> yes, please do. All right, Jimmy Hawkins, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for having me. So next week, this could be you asking us a question and enjoying every darn moment as we grumble about getting it wrong. Uh, we'll tell you how to do that a little later in this podcast. But first, one thing we try to do in this segment is we use our trivia question to inspire a fun topic for our show. So, Doug, uh, why don't we do this? Like, I, I didn't want to cheat and look up whether anybody had ever had a 100 extra base hit season who's an active player, almost sure, like maybe Albert Pujols did it, but nobody else did it. Uh, I made a list of recent players who've had a 50 double season. And let's go through that. Who, who on this list is most likely to get to 100 extra base hits in a season someday? Uh, here's a safe prediction. It won't be this year, okay? Uh, all right, here's the here's the group. This is recent years. Nick Castellanos, 58 doubles last year, man. Uh, Raphael Devers, he had 54 doubles. Xander Bogarts, so we had 50 doubles apiece on the left side of that Red Sox infield. Uh, the year before, Alex Bregman, 51 doubles. And the year before that, Jose Ramirez, 56 doubles in 2017. Uh, there's some other active players who have done this. Uh, I have to go back a lot farther in time. Matt Carpenter and Manny Machado did it. Uh, I guess it's not out of the question. They could, but everybody else probably not. So, all right, Doug, I gave you the list. Uh, any of these guys you think could get to 100 extra base hits in a season? I, I figured – to do this, you'd either have to get to 50 doubles or 50 homers, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. Well, that's the challenge, right? Because you have players that kind of hit doubles, but they're not, you know, the home run guys. I mean, I guess everybody's kind of a home right. run guy these days. But um, right. I think that's the challenge. I mean, there was one guy I thought, you know, I just started typing along. 
Someone like Charlie Blackman. You know, you're a chorus fan. Let's say, so he has. We picked him last year. We yeah, picked him last year. Right, I won't. Yeah, Whatever it was the heck only eighty-one extra bases. Only eighty-one <laughs> last year. Oh no! But one only year he had 81. thirty-five doubles, thirty-seven homers, and fourteen triples. Twenty seventeen. So that's what seventy-two plus. Yeah, that's eighty. Yeah, not quite there. Okay. So out. Hundreds a lot. So out of that group, if it's not a Rocky, I'm gonna I'll go with Bregman because I think Bregman has the doubles power, the discipline, but still aggressive at the same time. He hits his pitch. And uh, and he's just got the raw power, uh, whereas I wonder about yeah. Bogarts and those guys. You know, Ramirez who can go deep too. But yeah, right. I think that's yeah. the question, right? Who's going to he's going to pair the homers with the doubles? And uh, Castellanos never really done that. Although he put him in Cincinnati. I don't know if he'll play his whole career there, but put him in Cincinnati. Uh, I guess you could say it. But he's never hit thirty. Um, if it's not Bregman. Who hit 41 bombs last year? I think it's Raphael Devers, right? He last year with besides all the doubles, he hit 32 homers, and he was 22 years old. So, uh, I mean, what do they say, right? Power tends to come, right? As you get older, I I wouldn't put it past him. That guy is so talented. So I'm I'm gonna go. Raphael Devers, you're going to go Alex Bregman, and nobody write this down out there because we won't even know for two years if we're right. So, Doug, before we leave, I thought we should take a shot at something that I have done for many years, and it pretty much never goes well. Okay, we're going to pick the winners of the 2020 World Series. Uh, I used to write a column on this every year, and literally the moment it would appear – I'd get texts from many of my friends, even my family, and it would have the the name of the team I picked and one word, doomed. All right, it would be Nationals, doomed. Okay, Red Sox, doomed. Because if I picked you, you were almost guaranteed not to win. Now, it isn't true that I got everyone wrong. I picked the Red Sox. Whatever year they broke the curse, I was 2004. I picked them that year. So, yes, for 2020, my prediction, I am going to go Cincinnati Reds because wow. I I think anybody can pick anybody. And the good news is if I'm wrong, but the Miami Marlins win, I still look fantastic. <laughs> uh, and anything's possible. But I know I, I do think this is a, a good team, no doubt. I, they, they have a really good rotation. You know, they have a, they have a phenomenal lineup, like highly underrated. And, you know, I, I think Votto, you know, still has a lot left in the tank. So why not? You know, it's, you know, I, and I always, yeah, you could pick all the easy, you know, Dodgers, Yankees. Okay, I know, I know. But they... You know, who who knows? Someone gets anything could happen, right? Sixty games, you start off ten and seventeen, you're in trouble. I don't care. And a lot of good teams have started off that badly. So I'm gonna throw it out there. Right, so I, that's my bull. Look, I, you know, I actually do love the pick. Uh I I, I, I like the team a lot. I, I think the DH rule really helps them uh in roster construction. That that that's a good thing. They that they're in the right division, the schedule, they open you know they always have it. They always start like one and eight. Six of their first ten this year against the Tigers. Uh, then they have a week of I believe it's Indians, Brewers, and then they come right back with eight in a row against the Royals and Pirates. So this is not one of those years where the Reds look like they will get off to the rough start. 
and then look out for that team. But I'm not picking them. Uh, I felt like the Dodgers and Yankees were too obvious. Um, I thought the, the Twins, the Rays, the Braves, the Reds, all really fun picks. But I actually got down to two teams in the AL West. One was the A's. Uh, I, I, I mean, I love the A's like you love the Reds. Sleeping Giants, not talking about them. Such a talented team. But I want to go with the team I think may have benefited the most from this really strange season. That is the Astros. You know, had this been a normal season, uh, like the soundtrack of their entire year, anytime they went on, went on the road would have been the banging trash can lids in the stands. Now, no trash can banging. They can just play. So wouldn't it be the perfect bizarro ending to this season if the Astros and uh, the friend of this pod, Johnny B. Dusty Baker, won the World Series this year? It would bring us right back to where we started before the world stopped, just talking nonstop about the Astros. What do you think of that pick, Doug? Yeah, I, I think it's a great pick. I, I do. I think um, you know Dusty Baker has a great opportunity. I mean, he's really trying to preserve his legacy, and he's always been, you know, kind of runner-up and has, has been such a popular manager. And this is where his player-manager skills uh, serve him well because he's focusing on forgiveness. He, he wasn't the guy who perpetrated the crime, so to speak. And, and he has a fresh start. And he's... He, I found him always being capable of being able to motivate players to, to remember like why they're there, like what their goal is. And that, that second life, and as you said, without certain pressures, because if they, if they were playing in front of full crowds, the trash can't, I mean, they would be, it would be ruthless. <laughs> it would be ruthless. And look, they brought on onto themselves. There's no doubt about it. But the, the fact that they don't have that, I mean, yeah, there'd probably be some rogue, uh, public address announcer that plays some cans and gets kicked <laughs> out. You know, it's gonna happen. Yeah, it will. But uh, yeah, so that so I I do I do think that's a great pick just for the the fact that it's it's something that's not involving inside the lines and inside the lines they have a lot of talent, but even outside the lines, uh, Baker shines in these moments. So yeah, I, I I like that pick and maybe it's Astros Reds. <laughs> you know, see what happens. <laughs> a little NL Central Retro World Series. Perfect. All right, that's going to do it for this week's regularly scheduled Starkville, but keep checking back this week because we'll be running some special Starkville division previews leading up to Thursday's opening day doubleheader. Uh, On Tuesday, uh, Andy McCullough is going to lead a roundtable of our writers talking about the AL and NL West. Uh, On Wednesday, it'll be me, Uh, leading the same sort of roundtable on the NL and AL Central with the athletic writers who cover those divisions. Then Thursday, we're going to haul in Mark Carrig here to Starkville, and he's going to host an Eastern Division preview. Guess what? Those discussions will be streamed live on Twitter, and then we'll record them and play them as part of our Starkville feed. Just check out the Athletic MLB on Twitter for more details. Uh, We should remind you again that Starkville is available in its entirety, absolutely free, everywhere you get your podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and of course, the Athletic app and the Athletic website. 
Uh, also, if you would like to read our sparkling work or the sparkling work of our amazing team of writers, there's no better sports writing being done anywhere than in The Athletic. If you've been thinking about subscribing, now it's going to be opening day in baseball, the NBA. Everybody's coming back, let's hope. Uh, you can get 40% off a one-year subscription by going to theathletic.com slash Starkville. And also remember, you too can be part of this podcast just like Jimmy Hawkins today. Uh, we now invite the listener who submits the most fun trivia question of the week to join us right here at Starkville and prove once again there's almost no baseball trivia question that we can't get wrong. Uh, to do that, you just need to submit your question a couple of different ways. You could email it to us at StarkvilleAtTheAthletic.com or you can hit us up on Twitter. To find Doug Glanville, you would go to? At Doug Glanville on Twitter, D-O-U-G-G-L-A-N-V-I-L-L-E. Doug has been successfully spelling his name correctly every week in this space. Uh, so I'm going to do Except the same. For one. Except for one week. I messed it up, but that's all right. <laughs> I don't remember that. You, you messed yeah, up the spelling out, of your own name? I left out, yeah, I left out the second G, but I think we maybe <laughs> deleted it or something. No problem. We, we, these people are, we have a very <laughs> educated audience. I know they can find you, whether you spell your name right or not. Now with me, you got to spell the Jason with a Y, at J-A-Y-S-O-N-S-T. Just remember to hashtag the questions, hashtag StarkvilleQS. People still forgetting that. Uh, so Doug, thanks for playing. Thanks to Boog Shambi for visiting us. Thanks to Jimmy Hawkins for the trivia. Thanks to our new evil mayor, Tim McMaster, for producing and for putting up with us. And thanks to you all for listening. We will see you next week on Starkville. <laughs>